Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. which is of course a mashup of German and Italian. <laughs> Why? Well, the reason for this is that 80 years ago, in late April 1952, Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini met in Salzburg to discuss war strategy. Um, uh, Mussolini, it's the same old black and white footage of those two. That's what if we were doing this as a documentary. The same old Mussolini on a on a balcony like that to tell yep. us who Mussolini is. Yep. Um, Mussolini, Mussolini agreed to send more Italians. Because they're doing this. That's right, Hitler doing that, Hitler doing that, exactly. Lifting his hand. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then I'm looking the hurric- very unhumorous. No, 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 right. no, no, no smile. Exactly. And then, yeah. the, and then the Hurricanes um, four machine guns. Bah, 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 <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> with the fabric. Um, Mussolini... I basically vowed oh. never to make a documentary again unless it's got the Hurricane fabric going. <laughs> I'm going to have it written into the... (laughs) Um, For those that don't know what we're talking about, there are certain items of... We've digressed already. Um, There are certain (laughs) items of stock footage that always appear in all Second World War. The other thing I really love is the fact that all that film, all that footage is silent. And so it's always dubbed. And so you get get this very peculiar thing of the, uh, um, the same sounds... For t- whatever the tank is going by, it makes the same like, like rattling noise. No, no matter how heavy, fast or slow it's going, they go, oh, all right, we'll get a- Give me Matilda 1, could be a exactly, Tiger get the, get, exactly, there's no get me Matilda 1. Oh, hang on a minute, it's a Cromwell. <laughs> they always use, oh yeah, your tank tank MP3, we'll just tank the tank wav, we'll just stick that in. And then machine yeah. gun can be anything. So yeah, a Bren anyway. gun will be going like that rather than knock, 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 knock. Anyway, yeah. I digress. And when you have scenes of Hitler and Mussolini, what you always have is you have a surging crowd sound. Yes, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and of course, you have the hurricane firing its machine guns. Yeah, you fire the fabric, the four machine guns on the hurricane wing, on the leading edge of the hurricane wing, the four 303s together with the red, what would be red fabric all torn around the book, you know, going bah, yeah. bah, 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 like that. Anyway, yeah. Mussolini, um, at this meeting, <laughs> get back to the point. Yeah, at this meeting, Mussolini agreed to send more Italians to the Eastern Front. Poor sods, probably not the best move. And both men agreed to a plan for the invasion of Malta, codenamed Operation Hercules. Fal Hercules, which of course did not happen. Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Almarie and James Holland. Jim, I mean, an invasion of Malta, would would they have been able to pull that off? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the Germans were, because Hitler wasn't very interested in it, and it was actually, it was Mussolini that was pressing for it. Yeah. Um, And Kesselring, who was the um, senior German commander in, in, in the Mediterranean. They were both pressing for it, and Hitler was like, well, you know, we did Crete last year, didn't we go great, did it, let's face it, I know we won, but yeah. Um, so he wasn't very keen on it. Um, and so it was going to have to be an Italian show and an Italian-led operation, which basically meant it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Could it have happened? Could it have Could it have actually worked? Probably not, because they don't really have any landing craft. Um, well, they had paratroopers, the Italians. I mean... In the, they had in paratroopers. The great... Yeah, but, and, they'd, and but, they were... But, wanted... you know, there's a problem with paratroopers. Yes, it doesn't work. Doesn't go. Tends not to go very well. They, they scatter all over the place. Malta's a pretty small island. You can see 
Oh no! All fifty percent of the Italian Italian yeah went into the sea. That was that. That was lost. In the confusion that night, fifty percent of the Italians (laughs) were dropped in the sea. You could completely see that and drowned. And and uh, uh, and you know, mistaking a destroyer for the landing light, they he dropped you know an entire squadron were dropped off the coast. You can completely see all those kind of cock ups. And also, you have to remember remember that Malta by nineteen forty two is. Absolutely bristling with anti-aircraft guns. Bristling is bristling is what you say about anti-aircraft guns, isn't it? As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's bristling, like... bristling with anti-aircraft guns. Was it in the, the acrid stench of cordite? The acrid stench of cordite. Bristling with the anti-aircraft guns. The acrid stench of cordite hanging heavy on the morning on the morning. Yeah, list. yeah. Well, okay. Well, we're, let's in the back of our minds. Let's just think of other 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 <laughs> cliches we can come up with between now and the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, right, uh, so, I mean, uh, an invasion the of Malta, Atlantic. But but had an invasion of Malta worked? Had they, you know, uh, I mean, because what you're talking about is Hitler's strategic sense and Italy's tactical capacity, both of which militate yes. against a, an invasion of Malta. But let's say, <laughs> let's, let's just say that. Let's say do. Hitler. Well, I mean, it's, you know, and this is the problem with what ifs is often they they demand too much. Um, I went do. to see I went to see that film, The Norseman, last weekend. Uh, oh, the Northman, uh, yeah, yeah, is it good? The Northman, right? Oh no, you uh, did. You didn't tell me it. It's incredibly violent. I absolutely loved it. It's incredibly violent. I absolutely loved it. Well, what's really interesting about it is <laughs> it's the depiction of the Viking world is what it is. But the mm. but but it has a plot, and the plot couldn't be any simpler. It's boy vows to avenge his father who is murdered. He's called Hamlet. And does. He's called Hamlet. It's the plot of Hamlet. Every prophecy in it. Or it's like a, a proto Hamlet. Every uh, sort of much more violent Hamlet, you know, he doesn't he doesn't yeah. dither. Let's put it that way, yeah. <laughs> like like Hamlet does. It, it, it's he, he, he every prophecy about what he's going to do comes true. Everything he's told is like so the plot so the plot runs like clockwork, so that you can depict a world. And it really made me think in a strange way about what ifs, because. What if what if Hitler decides to invade Malta and the Italians? It's just never going to happen. They, they are they are they are locked in. They are locked into their decision making and their ability in the way that the the the, the, the Amleth in the Northman will only can only deliver on his vow to avenge his father. That there's just just that, that some of the Second World War the plot is like clockwork. Yeah. It, it, Given the given the protagonists, and, and obviously people will they hate can't deviate. Because... Well, this, this is Phillips Payson's O'Brien's point, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, because you can't you can't persuade Hitler that Malta's a good idea. That's never going to happen. And any, at the moment when it's not bristling with anti-aircraft guns with the heavy stench of cordite, which is the June, which is June, the acrid stench of cordite, <laughs> um, is June nineteen forty. Yeah. They don't do anything. I mean, they, they, really, they have well, this—they have this one window, basically, which is well, their eyes on their eyes on a much bigger prize, which is England, which is you know maybe knocking in, invading well, actually, England. Actually, no, no, not, it isn't really. Well, not well, for, no, for, for exactly, Mussolini. For Mussolini, not, then it's it, not. Yeah, exactly, because he's not—he doesn't think like that because he's destined to never to make strategic mistakes the entire time. Well, because yeah, because he's over—he's over—you know—he's a dictator, so he's just going. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to we're going to conquer the Aegean. We're going to have the whole Mediterranean. We're going to have this empire that goes from from Abyssinia all the yeah. way up through Sudan, Egypt, the Suez Canal, Libya. This is going Trust to be our me. new Roman Empire, and it's going to be great. Um, yeah. What about Malta? Yeah, we should do something about that. Um, okay, well, let's send over the bombers straight away. So declare war on the tenth. Send bombers yeah. over on the eleventh. 
Yeah. That handful, a bit wayward. They kill a yeah. few people on Fort St. Elmo, including a 16-year-old. You know, Malta's very shocked. Yeah. Britain suddenly goes, God, we didn't think we could really, we had the strength to defend Malta, but actually, they haven't really, they haven't really pressed home their advantage. So, tell you what, doesn't matter that we're under under threat. Let's let's just send over a whole load of of, of anti aircraft guns so that so that Malta can bristle and yeah. and have the stench of acrostential cordite wherever the Italians come over. Yeah, and by December they've got absolutely zillions. Yes, there's faith, hope, and charity, which are these kind of sort of handful of um, Gloucester gladiator biplanes. Yeah, but the first hurricanes are there within two weeks, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but and it's but, too late. But to go back, but exactly. So, but so to go back to my, so to go back to my point, this sort of idea of um, because a lot of the what ifs, a lot yeah. of what you can ifs, do a what if, but it's all preordained, so there's no point. Yeah, yeah, kind, <laughs> and I know people will not like the idea that it's preordained because that, that you know that 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 tells you that you have no free will in a strange way, doesn't it? It tells you that <laughs> yes. I, I got up this morning the way I was going to get up this morning and I've got no choice. You know, and, and and people really don't they find it pretty unpalatable, don't they? The, yes. the idea the idea there is that these things are ordained, preordained. But they you Well, know, I, you th- can't, I think the you, you yeah, can't do the the Malta what if because because it 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 demands things that are completely out of character of the situations that are that Well, are, and also, you know, ultimately they don't have the kit to do it. Well, exactly. I mean, they, exactly. They don't have landing well, they, but they craft. Don't have and... the kit, but they don't have the kit to do it because, after all, the Italian fascist state is a paper tiger. He hasn't invested. No. He hasn't trained. It, you know, it hasn't. It hasn't all seeped that. all the way. And yes, they do have their elite divisions, but the but the but they have not got the capability for this kind of thing because they're new. Because after all, Italy is a brand new country that's new on the block as an imperial power. That's the other thing. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 trying to play, it's pl- trying to play catch up with Britain, who've been doing this sort of stuff for two hundred years. Which is one yeah. of the reasons Italy has been a basket case for so long. Is because Britain has been doing this sort of stuff for two hundred years. You know. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, North- I think you know, but ultimately, you, you, everything is. You know, there could be a, a different outcome. You know, the war can last seven years or three years, or or yeah. or, or, or you know, a battle might have taken two days, not ten, or yeah, something like that, or. <clears throat> an extra battleship might have been sunk that that wasn't. Yeah, you know, but but it's degrees. But ultimately, so much of it depends on the system. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the foundation yeah. blocks. The yeah. uh, you know, have you got enough oil? I mean, yeah. you know, when when you when you're in a situation where Romania in 1941 and throughout much of the war never produces more than one and a half million tons of oil. That's it for Romania, and Germany's not getting one point five million tons. That yeah. is that is the total that Romania is producing out of its yeah. pressed oil field. Yeah, and Britain in nineteen forty one is importing ten million tons of oil yeah. alone. Yeah, just into Britain, not yeah. elsewhere in the in the in the in the empire or dominions. Just in yeah. Britain, domestically, yeah. it is it is importing ten yeah. million tons. That tells you something. That tells you that, that the odds are stacked against the country that's only got access to potentially a portion of 1.5 million tons of oil yeah and yeah, you can't yeah, do anything yeah. about that yeah yeah well exactly but 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 it's but but I, I just sort of think what you've got to remember about um what ifs is that they is that they're like the they're like the plot of the northman he's only going you know and he's only going to he's only going to avenge his father he has no choice you know yeah and this isn't this isn't 
to get sucked into that man of destiny stuff that because I think I'm still thinking about talking to Andrew Roberts the other week. And you know, uh, and I read I read a large chunk of his book and that man of destiny idea. Winston Churchill saying, I'm a man of destiny. Charles the Charles de Gaulle did the same thing, you know. Yeah. Said said, I'm going to save France when my moment comes. But how many blokes in the late, late 19th century, posh blokes, connected imperial posh blokes, are saying to their mates, I'm a chap of destiny, I'm going to do great things. It's I'd say I have to go to the Kyber Pass. Exactly. I'd say it's half of them, isn't it? You know, it, 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 this is the this is the this is the problem with the Churchill's Man of Destiny, um, uh, uh, sort of deck of cards, isn't it? It's yeah. because that's what that's the sort of bollocks people spouted around, you know, at the time. Do, do, do yeah. you know what I mean? I do. It, it, I, I completely and I completely agree with that. And, and, and there's no and, way of and there's no way of there's no way of there's no way of going through everyone's conversations and letters at the time to contextualise him in that in that sense, is there? But it just strikes me that the, the, the era he's puked out by, you know, late, late, you know, mid, mid to late 19th century Victorian England, just, 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 you can't move for people who think they're men of destiny. You know, you just look at, he goes on, the, he's at Omdurman, isn't he? Which is packed with men who think they have a, a, a destiny mission, you know, to, to, yeah, to you're reform. Yeah, right. To reform the empire and and you know and Lord Wingate, I think he thought he was a man of destiny. Well, there we are. I mean, to to bring it back to my I rest my case. One of my favourite <laughs> subjects. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. But but I just think this is why you've got to be you sort of got to be careful because yes, everyone's a man of destiny in this sense. That that because but, but destiny doesn't care about you. Destiny grinds on. Destiny doesn't allow Hitler his what ifs. You know you know what I no. mean? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, absolutely. So I recommend the I recommend the Northman, <laughs> although um. You know, parental guidance advised. It's extremely, uh, it's extremely um, bloody. Um, uh, now, uh, we'll do some parish notices. And then I want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit about, um, we've got stuff to talk about because you've been to see yeah, the yeah, Germans. Yeah, so and I want to talk, talk to you about Van Anyway, p- parish notices, um, a few quick notices. We have now confirmed all speakers and most of our hardware. For this year's We Have Ways Fest, um, the second um, inaugural uh, We Have Ways Festival. Um, Max Hastings is coming to talk about Churchill. Yeah, that's going to be good. Inc- that's, that's so, that, Jim, that is absolutely fantastic that, that whichever string you have been able to pull, that we've, um, that we have Max Hastings coming. Well, really as, I, as I've said to you before, he's a, he's a very, very nice fellow uh, and, and he's fantastic to talk to and fantastic to listen to because even if you yeah. don't 100% agree with his take on the Second World War, this is a guy who's kind of spoken to a lot of, I mean, you know, he interviewed Arthur Harris. Yeah. Um, you know, he's yeah. he was a journalist on the Falklands. Um yeah. no, you know, he's been around league, the book. He's he's Premier League, he's he's edited newspapers. What he says is still worth listening to, absolutely, yeah. with bells on. Yeah. And um, you know, he's a great writer as well. So yeah. yeah. Uh, that'll that'll be that'll be terrific. Yeah. And so so Max Hastings, uh Katrin Himmler is coming to discuss the yes. challenges of having that family name. We've yep. got um, all of your favourites and regulars. Peter Caddick Adams is joining us. Katya Hoyer, Alex Ritchie, Saul David, um, who was on uh, the live cast the other day with um, with me. Um, Waitman Bjorn is joining us. And, of course, the Colonel will be coming to talk about the bridges at Pegasus Bridge, the bridging yeah. sappers at Pegasus Bridge. Uh, I'm, I hope he's wearing his beret for that. Also, we have Joe Coles from Hushkit, um, uh, Dan Todman, Andy Chatterton um, with Stay Behinds, uh, Rob Lyman, uh, plus Jonathan Fennell, Rana Mitter, Mark Milner, and Gajendra Singh. I mean, yep. this is 
you know, just in terms of uh, if you want to pick people's brains about the Second yeah. World War. And, and got... John McManus. I mean, John McManus is coming over, you know, got Mark Milner coming over from Canada, got yeah. John McManus coming over from the US. I mean, these, yeah. these are heavyweight, top yeah. draw Premier League Serious, serious, coming. serious, serious, people. serious players, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, plus, we also have a, a Bergen Belsen survivor, Maurice Bilk, is coming to talk to us. Blick, so too, Blick, Maurice Blick. Blick, sorry, Blick, sorry. Um, is is so too is the legendary Des Curtis. Oh, Des Curtis is just amazing. Yeah. He's absolutely amazing. You yeah. know, he, a navigator on a mosquito, training with six one eight squadron. We had him on a few few weeks ago. We did double bill with him. Yeah, he's so. Kind of measured in his in his, he's obviously had time to sort of think about his experiences and sort of analyze them and contextualize them. So he's, well, he's taken he's time. very he's interesting. Had, he's obviously had time, but yes. he's, but he's but he's, he's taken the time, hasn't he? Which uh, and yes. hasn't hasn't just sort of consigned it to the memory hole. You know, he's um, no, uh, uh, he's and had this engaged, remarkable relationship, him. made this friendship with the U captain of the U boat that he sunk. My goodness. After the war, some you know, many years after the war, it's just incredible, no incredible story. He's he's great, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Paul Beaver will be there. Christoph Bergs, Stephen Fisher, um, uh, uh, who's been doing some amazing stuff on Twitter, going through again, going through D Day, D Day photos, and uh, uh, there's uh, absolutely incredible. What's going on here? Who are these tanks? What's happening? And Will Iredell, and we have um, uh, Bernard Cast. Ian McGregor, whose book about Stalingrad, have you been reading? You, you've, you've yeah, no, I've read it. It's, it's brilliant. It's, it's really, really good. It's amazing, isn't it? And really yeah, intimate, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, like, no, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I, I, I just thought it was a very, I thought he's very, very clever. Is he, he? He's got all these kind of personal testimonies that no one's sort of really seen before. Yeah, um, that sort of laid in a laid in a in a sort of dusty cellar since the nineteen fifties. Yeah, um, but he. A, he, he uses them to sort of piece a, a much more, um, that sort of cut through the myth about Stalingrad, because there is a whole sort of, you know, Pavlov's house stuff. There is a yeah. whole load of, sort of myth yeah. going on around that. But but his battle secrecies and, and what actually going on and what it's like being in Stalingrad at that time, they really a very, very vivid picture and yeah. incredibly readable. So it, it felt like it's got all the kind of sort of, you know, he's he's rolled up his sleeves and... and Done the work, the hard yards on yep. the research, yep. but he hasn't lost sight of his story, you yep. know. So, so for the layman, it's not dense and difficult and full of awkward names and unit yep. numbers. It's which actually a very which can happen very easily. It's actually a pretty fast paced, compelling read. I would say. Yeah. So I think yeah, he's, no, I, I think, think he's, it's, he's nailed it. It's really really good. So Ian will be there. Jens Vena. And Bastian Willems. Yes. In fact, Ian, Ian, Ian told me he's. I mean, he's got some pictures he's going to show that you know no one's seen. Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, uh, that he'll be showing at the festival. So yeah, Jens and Bastian. We spoke to Bastian not so long ago, didn't we? Um, yes, we did about Königsberg. About and Königsberg, Jens, I caught up with in in Germany this week. And well, we're going to get to that. I had an hour with him. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, we've got John Tregoning as well, Sean Scullion, plus Akak Andy Aitchison. Um, uh, can anyone guess what Andy will be talking about? <laughs> or indeed, what chats will be talking about? What chats will be talking about? It's an incredible list. Um, uh, what's very exciting about this is that, that we have people from the absolute A list of uh, Second World War history, and also people from the grassroots coming through. Um, I, I'm very excited that Andy can talk because. Uh, you know, it's because of this podcast he's become obsessed with. Um, oh, which one? Which division is it again? Fifty Second Lowland Division. <laughs> we, we, we do know Andy. Don't worry, we do know now. Yeah. Um, uh, and 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 it's because of this podcast and because of 
that that we've asked him to come and speak. So I mean, you know, yep. uh, that is very very exciting. Um, and we got Phillips Payson O'Brien coming, oh, yeah, and we've we also got coming, and we got yeah. David Willey, David yeah. Willey, creator of the Tank Museum at Bobbington. He's coming up. Yeah, I mean, um, the thing Phil Phil has since we spoke to Phillips, you know, probably eighteen. He's months a megastar ago, now. He's a megastar uh, um, because because. His He's got analysis. four billion followers on Twitter now. I know it's amazing, isn't it? But it's because his it's because his analysis of the power and importance and centrality of logistics to warfare, um, just because it's re- just because it was relevant then, doesn't mean it ain't relevant now. Is is is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very very interesting. So we got the other thing. Got... I'm um, sorry. The other thing I'm really really excited about though is is I think that's something that we're going to do, which is I, I've never seen before, um, and I think it's going to be very special. So what we're doing is we're doing a little sort of all arms demonstration and what we're not trying to do is we're not trying to recreate any combat what we're trying to do is recreate training procedures yeah um because i think trying to recreate combat is just silly and ridiculous and it doesn't yeah, work yeah, impossible yeah. it's impossible and and you know but, but but seeing people wearing the right things with the right equipment doing yeah. the right drills i yeah. think is very very um i think it's 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 very thrilling to see, actually. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a we're going to have this battery of twenty five pounders moving up and moving into position, and then a troop of Sherman tanks and a platoon of infantry are then going to move through. Yeah. To see those three parts of the British Army from nineteen forty four in operation together, doing everything correctly, is going to be very very special. So to see three or four Shermans together with infantry. Yeah. That is gonna look absolutely superb yeah yeah it and really will and, and then there will be a few bangs so that's the garrison that's tobin jones and monty's men um in, yeah. in a in a we have ways universe crossover event the like of which no one has ever yeah. seen before and the festival now has its own dedicated website so please do check it out we have ways fest.co.uk that's up we have ways fest.co.uk Right. Um. Where have you been this week, though, Jim? Before we, before, actually, how long, how long have we been going? No, let's let's talk for a bit more. Where have you been this week, then, Jim? Um. Well, I've been in Dresden, which has been fascinating. I was I was very thrilled to get asked by Jan Kindler, who yep. is the kind of sort of immense man at the um, uh, Militaire Historische um, Museum in Dresden, yep. and and this is the National Army Military History Museum. So it is right. run by the Bundeswehr. And um, so, it's, so the director of the museum is a is an army colonel, right? That's interesting. And, it's all, interesting. and all the security there is all army, so everyone has yeah. to lock their offices all the time. And every right. door you have, you need fobs and yet more keys, and you have to then hand in your key at the end of the day, and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's all quite, yeah. you know, as you'd expect. But it's quite good. Um, but it is the most stunning building. So they had this in the in the eighteenth century, I think, or maybe it's the first part of the nineteenth century. Um, it was in Saxony in those days, and it was a huge military barracks and then a second yeah. Reich barracks um and this whole part north of north of the center of dresden is i mean it, it, you know they could house 20 to thirty thousand troops there blimey so it's huge and there's just these massive barrack blocks um i've got to say they're slightly more attractive barrack blocks than the ones that we built in the uk and one of these big buildings is, is has been converted into into the museum. It's also got this sort of modern modern architecture kind of feature in the middle of it. Yeah. But it completely works. I mean it is it is an absolutely stunning museum. Right. And, and it's very interesting about how they how they portray obviously the First World War and the Second World War particularly. Yeah. And how do they how do you do it? And it, and it's really interesting because 
they 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 haven't come over all kind of um kind of you know they're not all sort of just endlessly going on about victims and how awful it was and all the rest yeah. of it they're quite you know obviously they address all that but but they're quite sort of just this is what this is what they wore this is what they did it's all quite matter of fact yeah and and they've got some some stunning displays so they've got this sort of exploding mortar shell yes um which with all the bits on hanging on sort of you know gossamer threads of nylon and and you just see it all just sort of going yeah and it's yeah. And it's incredibly arresting, as you can imagine. And then there's a sequence on sort of medicals, you know, medication and and, and medical work in the Second World War. And so yeah. they've got sort of uniforms and, you know, shelves of sort of beautifully presented and with lots of space um, of, of pills and equipment and bandages and all the rest of it. And then at the bottom of this huge case, you suddenly go, Hang on a minute. What is that? And you look down and you realise it's a foot. What? Yes. And a, the, it's an amputated foot from a soldier right. at Stalingrad who had chronic frostbite. Right. And there it is. And, and it's it obviously is. absolutely horrible. But weirdly sort of... What an interesting thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not sparing at all. Um but it's also just very matter of fact. So they've got they've got lots of stuff on kind of you know um, Nazi social media, yeah. um, you know posters, films, you know, and the like, and and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It is just so well done. I can't tell you. It's 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 really really stunning and just a, a stunning building where there's there's just lots of space for it all to breathe. Anyway, I I was doing this uh, this talk with um, Jens Vena, you know, obviously friend of the show. Yeah. Um, and Jens, when he first came on to, on to talk to us, was talking about Stalingrad, if you remember. Yes. Um, uh, um, but he's completed his PhD and, and it's now been published in book form. Um, and it's about the fighter arm of the Luftwaffe. Right. And he's very interesting about this. And, you know, I don't want to do sort of spoiler alert, but but he's got a lot of fresh and interesting new things to say about the Luftwaffe. And uh, and his big point, and I, I guess I'm going to say this now because I've started, but, yeah. but his big point is, is that actually the bombers were the primacy not the fighters well well okay well that that's the other way up from uh, uh well because he says the whole the whole german way of war is is to be on the front foot and to attack and you yeah. know the schwerpunkt and all the rest of it and yeah. he says as the bomber arm gives you that the, the fighters are there to kind of protect them and escort them but but the, it's all about the bombers and you know in the 1930s that's what it's all about and you know Weber is absolutely um, uh, Walter Weber, who was the, the first chief of staff, is is all for kind of you know heavy bomber force, but then he yeah. dies, and yeah. they don't have the wherewithal to do a heavy bomber force. So that's no. where dive bombing comes in. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. why they kind of get so so hung up on dive well, it's bombing. A way and, of, you know, it's a way of doing it with with single engine aircraft for a start, isn't it? Is the yeah, is the, and also with double engine aircraft, you know, Junkers eighty eight. Eventually, and stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 you know, and I was reminded of a of a conversation with um that 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 I'd had had before and, and, you know, just after Hamburg in, in yeah. early August, 1943, um, Goering calls together all his, you know, his senior commanders and says, right, you know, that's it. We've got to retrench. We've got to kind of, you know, sort out our defense of the Reich. It's all about fighters yeah. now. And suddenly the phone rings and it's, you know, it's the Fuhrer on the phone. And um, Hitler says, says to him, you can forget all this fighter talk. What we've got to do is, is organize a bomber force and go and bomb England. That, that's how you respond to this. Right. 
and Goering sort of goes, okay, you know, that's what you that's what you say, my viewer. All right, boss. Yeah, all and and you know, obviously it's bonkers. It doesn't really happen, but that's that's the plan. And of course, that's because psychologically, that is that's what the Luftwaffe does. It bombs. Yeah, and you know, if you think about Poland, you think about about Rotterdam, you think about everything. It's all about bombers, and you know, and I so because because my reaction when he when he told me this was exactly the same as yours. Like, what? You know, what about yeah. Hans Joachim Marseille and Bibi Hartman yeah. and you know all these aces that everyone sort of look, um, you know, lords all the time and all the knights crosses and stuff. Yeah, and he's saying, yeah, 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 but ab- absolutely. You know, they're they're pinups, but but but. But, That's, the, but the, the thrust but, but of the arm the thrust, is... The thrust of the arm is all about being aggressive and being aggressive is all about bombing. So why... So is it that the PR... Are we... I mean, here we are again in a tangle yes. about what, what maybe happened or didn't because of because of successful, basically, blitzkrieg propaganda. But the, the, the Nazi propaganda is so powerful and so successful that here we are 80 years later trying to unpick actually what the Luftwaffe's priorities were because because you know Galland is such people like Galland did such a beguiling job post war during the war and post war in presenting the Luftwaffe as these knights of the air. Yeah yeah you yeah. know and yeah we and we've all fallen for on, it. We've got hung up on aces and we've all fallen for it. Yes but also what are we doing in nineteen forty? We're defending England what are we defending with? Well fighters. Right. So, 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 part of our natural myth is fighters against. And if you want to, if you want to best the Luftwaffe, how do you? In your fighters, how do you? How do you best the Luftwaffe? Yeah, it's quite boring. It's a bit fires. Down a high school. It's a bit fires. Against. Against. <laughs> against one hundred nines. There we go. Yes, exactly. Actually, so it's all about. So suddenly it is the Knights of the Sky, isn't it? it you know, it's Tom Neal against against well, Alan Gallant. But then, then you have a uh, you know the hurricane, Stanford Tuck team hurricane saying, well, actually, when you look at this, yeah, but even so, but they're still fighters against against one hundred nine. Yeah, but, well, actually, I think you'll find the hurricane shot down more bombers, James. And at this point in the documentary, <laughs> it was you know, the work, the reliable workhorse, the hurricane, which had an appetite for punishment the Spitfire could not match. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think we've got a documentary in making. <laughs> a doc, yeah, with the acrid smell of... But, but, but my point is, that we, we, should, we should take a break in a minute. But, yeah. but my point is that actually we, we've been... You and I have been conditioned into thinking it's all about yeah. fighters. Yeah. And actually, the, mo- the more you... Like I promise you, sit on, the, sit on Jens Vayner's thought and you, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll be cogitating this for a couple of days yeah. and, you're, and it starts to grow. And, and yeah. the more you think about it, the more the, you realise he's right. Well, I, 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 you know, the thing is, the thing is, is interwar, doc, interwar, all the interwar doctrinal talk is bomber will get through, is bomber offensive. Absolutely, and this is his so big why point. would so why would the Germans be any different? Because that that's the yeah. way everyone was thinking, and it was the cutting edge of military thinking, and bombing oh, and. and the, and they tried it in the First World War. You know, they, yeah. they, they didn't yeah. done what they could. And what happens when the ME-260 comes in? Well, they want to turn it into a dive bomber. Or just a bomber. Supposedly. Or a bomber. Yeah, yeah, a bomber. It's not allowed to yeah. be a fighter. It's got to be a bomber. Yeah. Why? Because that's the offensive arm. Yeah. Well, and what do they spend all their money on? They spend their money on rockets and cruise missiles because they want they, to bomb. They want to bomb. They want to bomb. It's absolutely yeah. I mean, actually, completely... there you go. That that completely that completely explains 
oh the what the great mystery of the v of the v weapons no 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 it's 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 because yeah. because do... fighters fighters are offensively defensive aircraft primarily yeah in the in the eyes of the luftwaffe yeah, yeah. they're there to, to defend the bombers they're there to defend yeah. the reich and, and, well and and cut and 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 create air superiority so bombers can do what they want yeah yes you're you're serving the bomber exactly you're serving the bomber anyway well, that's interesting. Well, we're going to take a brief break and we'll come back. And then there's there's so much more to talk about. There, I mean, there always is. Um, we'll see you in a tick. <laughs> I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, US Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics US, brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. We have ways to make you talk with me. I'm Marion James Holland. Now, now, James, before we, so we've done, before we get into it, because because we had uh, Chris Moran on the live cast last Monday talking about intelligence, um, and uh, and really talking an awful lot about uh, Churchill's relationship to intelligence, and, uh, and so I, he recommended a book called Behind the Black Door, which is about prime. Which I've now got on order. Prime ministers and intelligence, and I've been sort of chewing through the relevant chapters of that, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Or we, maybe we won't, because I want to. One of the things you, when you're interested, in, you remark to me, oh, you know, the, the the hearing German points of view is really really fascinating, but the but the but the reciprocal of that was the was the other thing you said that the that the German people were saying to you, hearing your point of view as a, a a British perspective was really interesting for them too. So what was it about your perspective, Jim? um, I mean, I'm not saying my enlightened view. Well, I'm not finding it incredible. Let's just put it that way. I'm not going, I can't believe it. They weren't, you know, what what was it? What was it you, they thought you were bringing to the party? Do you think? Well, so, so it's very interesting. So, um, uh, um, 
I was over there to do this talk with with Jens Weiner about about yeah. the Luftwaffe and particularly about the Luftwaffe fighter arm, and we did it in this kind of sort of you know sort of vaulted bit on the ground floor. It was it was yeah. just fantastic. I, I can't even begin to tell you how much I enjoyed it. It was incredibly you know it was a, it was a packed hall and you know lots of people there, which you know in a way was quite interesting. And they advertised by putting bill posters all over the place. Demographic. So, so, what was hmm? the demographic? It was really mixed. I mean, ten percent women, say. Yeah. But but yeah. you know, all ages, bloke wise. Right. Okay. And and a, and a cross section, I would say. You know, it, it yeah. was pretty pretty broad. Um, but you know, all around Dresden, you know, and the, and the kind of sort of underneath the railway bridge, there's a poster for this event. You know, it's yeah. just, it's really yeah. so that in itself is just sort of culturally different. But anyway, yeah. got there and and. Um, Christiana did, uh, who, who's overall in charge of the kind of museum-y bit, um, yeah. maybe the chief curator or something. Yeah. She 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 stood up and did an introductory talk, and she said, um, you know, really pleased to you know to be uh, Jens Weiner is here and to talk about yeah. his 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 amazing work, and we're really pleased that James has come. Um, yeah. And it's very interesting for us having James because obviously he can say things that we can't, um, and he has perspectives that we can't because because he's British. And and I was like, what, really? And then she was sort of talking about, and obviously, you know, we have to be very sensitive in the way we talk about the war of annihilation and yeah. uh, and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, okay, just, this is so far removed from kind of sort of you know troops of Sherman tanks and Monty, and yes. and and so that made me think. And then anyway, I was sort of you know I was talking to Jan Kindler and talking to Jens and and a little bit to Christiana about all this. And, and and they're just perspectives, and and they were saying that you know one of the problems they have is is they said you know we we can't really have anyone like in Germany like you because because you've either got to be really really seriously academic, yeah, because everything you say gets pulled over and, and picked over because yeah. you're German and you're talking about yeah, it, and yeah. you can't you can't be seen to be in any way implying that you're simpatico and. Yeah encouraging yeah. the ultra right and you know so it's, yeah, yeah. it's a it's a real tightrope to walk or she, or it tends to be kind of books you know lots of illustrated books about panthers and yeah. schwimmwagens yeah. uh, and, and so, you so know there's not much refuge in the tech yeah, yes so there's not there's there's a sort of big gulf and there's not much in between and so, so what there isn't is someone who's doing sort of popular narrative history and going on telly yeah. and doing podcasts and stuff it's just, yeah. it just doesn't really exist over here so yeah I mean, obviously, you know, um, Bernard Cast and, and Christoph and people are doing their their YouTube sites. Yeah, but they're not really having a sort of accompanying books that go with it. No, no. I mean, it's. It, I mean, obviously, it would be different, but it's interesting to hear how, and and sort of where the where the where the land lies. I mean, it. it I mean, it, I don't know. It, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because after all, after all, you know, the, I think. A lot of people would say, oh, you know, when, when are the British going to stop going on about the war? And we've talked about this with Katya, actually, with Katya Hoyer. I've yeah. talked to Katya about this. And and she sort of says, well, when are the Germans going to start talking about the war? You know, like, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I'm putting words into her mouth there, but that's kind of the that's kind of the sort of attitude I feel, you know, that feel that that she's saying that at some point. That, that's how it feels talking to her about it is that, that you know, the, the British. The British won't stop going on about it, but maybe the Germans have got to find a way of talking about it beyond beyond actually the Holocaust was a thing that happened, you know. And you, 
the, 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 and actually where is German agency and, you know, German national agency and all that, or German populations agency and all that, rather than it's naughty Nazis making us do it sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that there's all those currents flowing. Um, and then the military history, which after all, the, the actual fighting bit, which has gone through all sorts of historical, historiographical convulsions, hasn't it? Um, yeah. Here and I'm sure in Germany and elsewhere. I mean, I just think it's 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 so interesting. It's so interesting the idea you, you know you you arrive and they go, and they go. Thank goodness we can talk about this in a way we wouldn't be allowed yeah, to. Yeah, and so so there was a talk and that was great. Then then they got me to do loads and loads of little little videos. Right, they're, they're starting up a YouTube channel and and yeah. they want little videos about some of the artifacts. So we went off to see a comet that they've got, you oh, know, brilliant. left over. Um, I talked about um, a universal carrier. Um, yeah. I talked. I did a conversation with Jens about um, the Battle of Britain. I did yeah. another conversation with Jens about the Panzer IV that they've got in their vault, which yeah. was destroyed by a seventeen-pounder. Yeah. And so we did these little kind of these little videos, and they were just all over it. I mean, they 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 were just so happy. I did one about uniform German uniforms, uh, yeah. and they, they were just like, "It's great, you know. You 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 can talk with kind of enthusiasm and passion. We just can't do that." <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just sort of. It was just very strange, and then then they were talking about Liberation Day, and I was like, you know, what are you talking about? And and of course, Liberation Day is is eight. Well, in in East Germany, it was all it's since nineteen fifty. It was the ninth of May, um, and so in Dresden, it still is. In in other parts of Germany, it's the eighth of May. So in Berlin, in twenty twenty, they had a special public holiday, yeah. and it's yeah. Liberation Day, liberation from from you know the evils of Nazism. God, that's fascinating, isn't it? Isn't it? It really, really is, and especially, especially uh, as there's now a load of literature about the, you know, about the end of the war coming out of Germany, you know, that 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 sort of get trying to get to grips with what was yes. actually going on and the sort of yeah. the sort of blind eyes that needed to be turned or or that people felt they had to turn and the elisions that were made, you know, that and the fact the civil service carried on. Uh, well, yes, and they were also all that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were also quite interested about veterans. They, they, you know, we were talking about veterans yeah. and stuff, and and I, you know, and I was I was saying, well, you know, I'd interviewed a number of veterans. They all seemed really, you know, very nice blokes, and you know, quite a few of them quite regretful, and um, yeah. and they were like, yeah, well, they would say that, wouldn't they? You know. Right. Uh, right. And, and and then I sort of told that right. story about that chap who kept breaking down in tears on me. Yeah. And he'd never told anyone else. And I was saying, you know, I felt felt really sorry for him that you'd had this terrible burden. He said, well, they were yeah. they were they were really had very little sympathy. What, like, whatever? They were like that, were they? Well, they weren't quite whatever. They were all a bit, they were a bit, they were cynical and they were a bit yeah. kind of, well, you know, you know, you know, every, every, every German who survived the war, they've, they've got their, they've, they've got to reconcile what they did. Right. You know, so they were on the wrong side. I said, like, yeah, but you can't say that they were all in it. I said, you know, I mean, it's not. But that's really interesting, isn't it? Because that's kind of that almost takes you back to a like, well, you started it, doesn't it? It almost takes you back to that. Well, it was, that, it was, that it British, was that British attitude of, um, well, they started it. You, you, you know, you know what I mean, Jim? Well, it's, it's, is it? Is it? Which is really, really interesting because you can't, you can't be glib. You shouldn't be glib in that way about about the Second World War. But well, we're we're now finding ourselves in a situation where we have to be very careful about what we say because we might yes. offend somebody or whatever. They've had this for eighty years oh, yeah. Yeah, of kind yeah, yeah, of being yeah. careful, and, and I wonder, you know, what I I was thinking about it afterwards, and what I wasn't sure was whether they genuinely think felt that, or whether that is what 
that is the public, you know, because if you if you look, if there's even a whiff of you having sympathetic sympathy yeah, yeah. for someone who was fighting for the Nazi regime. That's ruinous. That's but, ruinous. But, but but then arguably fair enough. <laughs> you know, I mean it's, it, it's Yeah. But but you know, but but I can have that as a Brit, I can go, well, I felt really sorry for that guy, and I felt, you know, you, oh, you know, he'd done his do bit. You think, you know, do you they think, can't say that. But do you think, Jim, in a way, with what's happening in Ukraine, that these questions are inevitably going to sort of surface again? I suspect so, yeah. You know, like I suspect the, the, so. They're very, very twitchy about Ukraine over there as well. well I'm not Particularly surprised. in Dresden, as you can imagine. It's not, not a million miles yeah. away. Yeah. Anyway, um, oh, because I, I said, I, I said, oh, look, you know, it'll be fine. You know, Putin's overused his stuff and all the rest of it, and and you know, he's probably used half his ammunition now, and yeah. it's all right. He won't get the parts, and you know, their, their, you know, their battalion battle groups are kind of all absolutely screwed, and yeah. you know, they just haven't got the manpower. And Jens just looked at me and said, "That is a very Western view." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. And maybe well, it is. Well. Well, I well, said, yeah, maybe, well, yeah. may, well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it and is. maybe there's some. You know, uh, there's all with any with any situation like this. There's always a hearty, hearty dose of wishful thinking, isn't there? Um, is the truth. Want it to Usually end with me. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, now, so we, like I said, we had Chris Moran on 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 Monday. Yes, yeah, so Van Sittard. Well, it's not just Van Sittard. It's it's the story of I mean, <clears throat> Chamberlain's relationship with intelligence. Is absolutely amazing. Wow. Because he doesn't believe in it. Does so, he not? Nope. And uh, Chamberlain is running his own uh, own little network of people. Right. Bugging. So he's bugging anti-appeasers. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's the, the, there's the sort of old, there's the old guard and the, and you know, the uh, uh, around Churchill. And then there's, and then there's the people around Eden. And they mm. meet occasionally. We're not we're, we're Churchill not present. This is sort of 1938. And Chamberlain's having them bugged. So what Chamberlain's really interested in intelligence-wise is how he can destabilize his political opponents rather than find out what on earth's going on in Italy, for instance. Gosh, that's very Goering-esque. Well, you know, so there's there's so there's there's what's his name? Ball, you know, um, who's who's working for Who's worked? Joseph Ball is an MI5 officer who's director of the Conservative Research Party in the 30s when Ch Chamberlain was chairman. And Ball, um, uh, secretly, as a as a weekly journal, right, um, uh, which is trying to control the Conservative Party and trying to keep Chamberlain's enemies under control, hmm. right? And he's a he's an MI, you know he's a he's a he's a Secret Service guy. He's an MI5 officer, right? So he knows. How to bug people, how to pull strings, and how to manipulate people, and they use him. Chamberlain uses him to um, run an overseas foreign policy behind Eden's back. Right? Wow! Yeah, right. Um, so Eden, Eden is like he's looking to the US for support in dealing with Mussolini, and what Ball's doing is is running a, a counter a counter foreign policy with Chamberlain's blessing against Eden's foreign policy. So Eden, uh, so Chamberlain and Ball concoct a letter, right? That right. purports to be from the Italians addressed to Eden offering talks 
and they give it to Gra- they give it to to Grandy. Yeah. Dino Grandi, right? Yeah. The Italian ambassador in London. And Grandi comes forward and goes, you know, uh, we've invited and it's a let and it's not from Grandi. It's from it's Chamberlain inviting Eden Eden to stitch Eden up. And and there's That's this amazing, a meeting, isn't it? There's a meeting on the 18th of February 38, where Grandi finally meets Chamberlain and Eden. And Grandi says he really enjoyed the open disagreement. Mean, this is quote I'm quoting for this book, The Black Door. Really, he really re- re- recording the two enemies confronting each other like two cocks in fighting posture. So, extraordinary. Yeah. So, so because Chamberlain wants to control the 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 foreign, the foreign policy personally, he deliberately disrupts Eden by concocting in an invite. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And then, of course, two days later, Eden goes, "Well, sod this," and resigns, and is replaced by Halifax. And Chamberlain wow. is running, running this entire thing, and then obviously. Goes so, so, so intelligence for Chamberlain is all about stitching your your, it's your about colleagues. Power is about his power and not being challenged as prime minister. And, and God, that's amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And, and you know, you look at and Eden. Eden in the end is like, oh, sod this, you know. So, yeah, because Eden. Can blame st- him. Well, it, well, but, but, and after all, Eden's Eden's. Um, uh, uh, it's really interesting because Eden's resignation in '38 is presented as you know him finally him stepping away from appeasement, him having had enough of it. But it's it, there's more to it than that. It's the right. fact he's being he is being buggered about by the prime minister, you know, who then who then obviously then goes to Italy and everything doesn't work out for him and he's made a fool of by yeah by Mussolini and of course Mussolini knows he can make a fool of him because he because he knows how how vulnerable Chamberlain is to manipulation yeah. because you know yeah. it. it how it's fascinating. Absolute, it's fascinating, and then and then you got and then Van. So presumably that your your view of Chamberlain is sort of changed a bit. Well, I just sort of think. Well, Chamberlain, Chamberlain's Chamberlain is you know is blinkers on to succeed, and anyone who gets in his way, he thinks he can handle all of these situations. So so I, 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 even though he, he, despite all this, I still think Chamberlain is trying to avoid another is trying to avoid a second world war, right? Isn't he? So fair enough, and and I I sort of think. And is he oh, is he worried that the kind of the the non appeasers are just warmongers? And... Well, yes, exactly, because Van Sittart, This is where you know where, where Van comes in, who is obsessively anti German. Yeah. Right? Um. Uh, and you know, Cadogan, uh, um, uh, who replaces. But he's him. absolutely right about the Nazis, though. Oh, he's absolutely right, but he's literally he's like he's completely one track mind, and he'll tell anyone he can, anyone he can get his hands on that you know. Um, that that uh, that Hitler's a wrong one, and he's going to cause a second world war, right? And you can't trust him, and all that sort of thing. But to the point, clearly to the point where he's a broken record, and people are like, oh, you know, yeah, wind your neck in, son. Wind your neck in, and 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 after all, that kind of obsession could be, you know, it's the idea that he might provoke a situation by being that sort of fixed on his idea, right? And yeah. after all, after all, Van Sittart's brought back in 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 early thirty nine when things are obviously going wrong and tries to create and is really pushing for a Russian alliance, Soviet alliance is really pushing for involving Poland, Hungary. And you could argue that by involving Poland brings Britain into the second world war. So, you you know, if you, if if you're looking at like that, but it's just absolutely, absolutely amazing. What then, you know, what then goes on? And I mean, Christopher mentioned this on a a, a lot, you know, last week when he says that, that, uh, uh, 
Chamberlain has to call a meeting where he has what the Secret Service's roles are explained to him because he doesn't know. People what? don't. <laughs> they amazing. don't know. Just amazing. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And and you know, and at the same time, MI6 are completely. They're completely blown. So you've got you've got this. Um, you know, you've got Dalton, the MI6 uh, head of operations, you know, who's um, in Germany, who's running passport. So passport, passports becomes the really big thing, obviously, mm. in, in, in Germany in the late 30s. A really, really big thing. It's people trying to get to Palestine. So Major Dalton, who's running, who's running the MI6 station in Germany, he starts taking bribes, right, yeah. for passports. Then he's blackmailed by one of the clerks, right, um, and commits suicide. So the, the, oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so the MI6 station in Germany is completely disrupted but by 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 the fact there's no policy for what you do about Jews trying to flee so what he's doing is taking bribes he's then subject to blackmail right and the blackmailer the blackmailer is sacked right, right. and then sells his services to the German secret service because he obviously has bills to pay and becomes a massive human source for the the german uh, you, you know uh, 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 which allowed which allowed the germans to discover who, who the human source on the german navy is so the whole thing's blown wide wow. open right then <laughs> dalton's mi6 replacement in the hague hires this bloke who's the blackmailer wow and brings him back into the brings him back into the um uh Onto the payroll with another German agent, which is why after why after all. So then the station, the Hague station, is flooded with German deception material and disinformation, and that's how you end up with the Venlo incident happening. Right, 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 right. At the beginning of because 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 it's all it's all been busted wide open, and I think I think it's really really interesting because after all, you know, and, and talking to Chris the other day, we do like to tell ourselves a story. We're, the thing we were really good at in the Second World War is espionage, but we are really bad at it. Before the Second World War, isn't it? Like, but what a transformation! I mean, that's just amazing. Well, yeah. Well, and and <clears throat> interestingly, the point this book makes is it's it's the fact is Churchill comes in, and it's because Churchill Churchill's into it. He digs, you know, right. skullduggery, and he digs intelligence, and he likes spies a tick in his and box. all that. Exactly. It's 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 his bag, so he's into it. Um, so well, that's I can't wait why... to get stuck into this, but it sounds so, great. Well, well, and what's good about it is it it you know it, it it's it's PM by PM, and then you've got you know then you've got you know, Van, so Vansittart's running his own agency, basically. Yes, but the, so this is this guy, Mark Dinley. So Mark Dinley, well, and, Ma- the, and, and and Malcolm Christie in uh, right in in Washington, who's the air attaché in Washington in the twenties, and they built they build they build their own net, and they end because they're known as Vansittart's boys, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But Christie ends up close to Strasser, you know, mm. um, court Strasser, and mm. so Nazi dissidents. And, uh, you know, has an Agent X in the German Air Ministry, Agent Y in the Catholic Church, and an Agent Fish, who's close to Hitler. They, they, these are all people, we, we don't know who they are, right? Any speculation? Yeah. yeah. Well, we, who, we, who do they we, think we Agent do not, Fish is? Well, we, maybe it's, is it, is it Rudolf Hess? Maybe, because after all, there's a, defe- there's a prominent defection later on, isn't there? But you've also got Vansittart saying, you know, Vansittart going, I, well, well, and you get these reports back where people have been talking to Hess and Hess is going, well, we're going to kill all the Jews in Europe. And they're going, that's just, that's just crazy. You know, Cadogan saying there was certainly enough in the secret reports to make one's hair stand on end, but I never quite swallow all these things and I'm presented with a selection. So basically they're selecting out the bad news because they don't want 
yeah. they don't want to find themselves in a situation God, where they're going, amazing. actually, there is a war coming. And, you know, Van Sittart's proved right by the Czechoslovakia crisis, which is why he's brought back in. Yeah. In early 39. You know, you've got this, you know, you've got Court in the, who's the charge of affair, you know, who's part of Van, you know, the Theodore Court, who's the charge d'affaires in the German embassy, who's one of Van Sittart's men, who comes to Downing Street, you know, turns up at Downing Street and talks wow. to Horace Wilson, who's head yeah, of the yeah. civil service, yeah. and tells him to warn him that whatever agreements are made on paper, they're going are to invade. Are worth nothing. They're worth nothing. They're going to invade, you know, and the message gets to Chamberlain, and Chamberlain's like, well, I'm not, you know, sounds to me like bollocks. And 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 after all, it's relying on Henderson because the the, the yeah the, Neville the, Henderson yeah Neville Henderson who's the, who's the ambassador you know, out there who's the ambassador is a pal of Goering's who's good with dictators so he's he's good at handling <laughs> dictators. Um, <laughs> Imagine having that as your as, <laughs> as your one line pitch as your, as your rep yeah but that, <laughs> but but this is what's really and and then and then of course here's after, Neville he's great with well, dictators and, and then. And then, and then Halifax breaks with Chamberlain over this after the after Czechoslovakia goes. Actually, you know what? We were wrong. We've got this wrong. And Chamberlain has a great big, great big falling out with Halifax because of it. Yeah, he doesn't. Because... He doesn't. He doesn't like people telling him what to do. Does he? He doesn't exactly. like being. He, he's he's one thing about Chamberlain. He's a very sort of proud man, isn't he? And he's yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and and. You know, I mean, the and the other thing to remember, of course, about appeasement is it's not just about avoiding war with Germany. It's about vo- avoiding avoiding kind of war full stop because you can't you know if you commit to one, you lose the back end of the empire. That 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 your imperial yeah. commitments yeah. mean you can't go to war because the empire will immediately probably collapse in on itself, and no one wants to no one wants to risk risk that. I mean, it's just all that stuff about you know. Um, uh, uh, all, all the stuff about the, you know, that the Chris told us about the. There's the document with Chamberlain being referred to as an arsehole, an arschloch, and it's all underlined and handed to Chamberlain. Look, this is what they think of you. This is what the German mm. High Command think of you. And he goes, ah, I'm, "You're just bringing me stuff to upset me." Is is Chamberlain's attitude? I'll rely on Henderson. That's but what's amazing. really amazing about this is this entire time, right? Yeah. MI5 officers are all really anti-appeasement, so. Which, so so Chamberlain distances himself from MI5 because he, he's hearing stuff he doesn't want to hear. I mean, we talk about the German dictators. The dictators don't Only want listening to, to what they want to hear. Yeah. yeah. We talk about that a lot, right? But but it, it's going on... It cuts both ways. Yeah. But but what's really amazing is Church, Churchill, this entire time, is still on the um, intelligence list from MI6, from, from, from Desmond Morton who's the former MI6 officer. So he's still, know, Churchill knows everything that's going on. And Chamberlain forgot um, uh, that Churchill was on this list. <laughs> and that's just brilliant, isn't it? Apparently he was horrified when uh, he was reminded that Churchill was still on the circulation list for Downing Street uh, rearmament intelligence and briefings. Right? That, 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 oh, what? I didn't realise. Because Churchill's able to, able to use that politically yeah, against yeah. him. Because it's about politics. For Ch- Chamberlain is playing politics, right. Tory party politics this entire yeah, yeah. time. It's it's ah oh, fascinating. It's so this book this book's great because it's because it I mean it's you know it's all it's all a, it's a digest of 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 this stuff. Mm. So it's not it's not a deep history, but it's Good. um, but just the just the sort of 
the the web that Chamberlain wove to protect, and it's about protecting himself politically. Yeah, and oh, it just sounds absolutely incredible, uh, incredible. And then you, and then when you get into what what Churchill's up to in Washington, what Churchill's guys are up to um, in uh, uh, you know. Uh, in Washington in 1941, trying to bring the Americans in is absolutely unbelievable. And you know that there's a there's a diary of a Dutch boy. You know this? No. So there's a diary of a Dutch boy. Um, let me just p- pull my notes up. Um, uh, who? It's a story of a Dutch boy who um, Dirk van der Heide. It's a diary of a Dutch boy's. The Blitzkrieg comes and he lives in Rotterdam with his mother and father and younger sister. And, right. and the Germans invade and his mother encourages him to keep a diary. And they make a dramatic escape to England. Yeah. Forgery. New York Times bestseller list. Um, uh, mm. There's William Shira's burning diary that the, that the, the British give a nudge. Um, uh, two of the top 10 bestselling books. And then there's the Dutch diary, Dirk van Heide's diary. It's total forgery. Probably written by by you know uh, some British author for the for the for the for the for, for, for the you know the intrepid circuit and and it's wow. to, to, to make people sympathetic. Fantastic. And, and, and there's a, a load of this history that basically hasn't really been investigated properly, like just how much propaganda there was going on in in America mm. being generated, you know, in in you know in order to bring the Americans in. You know, is yeah, that fa- the map? There's the famous map, the yeah. German invasion map, but there's just so much more of that going on. And you know, Churchill's listening to Roosevelt's conversations with Cordell Hull and Joe Kennedy. They've tapped them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk. I knew that. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there's all that, you know, um, which I think is really interesting. And yeah. when uh, when Stevenson finds out when, when William William you know intrepid William Stevenson finds out uh, uh, that the Americans are onto him. Burl's onto him. He simply likes tries to find dirt on them and and disrupt anyone who's trying to disrupt him. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Well, anyway. I can't wait to read it. Anyway, that's it for today. I think we've we've gone right. We've, we've well, I, yeah, but it sort of feels like that's a subject that we should come back to. But anyway, I think definitely, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll read this and then I'll read the books that it recommends, and I'll get. I think I'll go down a bit of a. Sonny will be an expert. Be spying. Well, no, I'll no. You know what I mean. Never you know what I mean. But but spying rabbit hole is, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it does sound good. Yeah, searched. Anyway, that's it for today. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Um, don't forget tickets to um, we have ways fest two are on sale, and the website is up. That's the main thing. We have ways. Uh, uh, what is it? We have ways fest dot co dot uk. Um. Uh, Next, we're back next Thursday when we'll be in the bowels of HMS Belfast. That was a fantastic visit. Yeah, it was a reminder. Just. Reminder, of course, we do the show live every Monday night for members of our club, which is what we were talking about. Our chat with Chris yeah. Moran the other day. Yeah. If you're interested in joining, please go to Patreon.com/slash We Have Ways. Goodbye for now, Jim. You're off to Exeter now, right? Yep, I want to see Jeremy back. Love so it. I've got to, I've got to cut away and run. Brilliant. Okay, see you all soon. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Cheerio.